Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and for 110 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. Heads up, this will be on the overside of the 20-ish minutes. I hope you didn't have the under. It's a big league, because we're talking today Major League Baseball. Yes, of course, at the end, we will do a recap and record check at the end of the show, because we're honest about our losing. Yes, the boys of summer are back. The greedy owners have ended a completely unnecessary self-imposed lockout so that we can watch some baseball this summer. Thank you, gross, disgusting owners. Thank you for letting us give you money. We are going to make our favorite bets from Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, Team Wins, Pennants, World Series, and so much more. You got it? All right, let's do it. Let's go to bet number one. American League Team Win Totals. That's the sexiest name we could come up with, eh? Okay. American League team win totals. Yes, that is exactly what we are doing. We are going to go through every team in the American League and give you an over-under based on their win total. I can't believe we're doing this for the whole league because guess what bet number two is? The National League. Oh, so chaotic. I love win totals. It's a great way to show what you think about the league, right? There are a few things you should always keep in mind when surveying the market though here, okay? Books overinflate total win markets which means that the total number of wins among the 30 teams adds up to much more than the actual wins they could get. Does that make sense? Like really, ideally, you should have a perfect amount of wins and losses at the end of the season because some teams lose, some teams win, and you have to eventually end up in an even number, right? That is untrue when it comes to the win markets. If that was true, there'd be somehow 100 more wins than there would be losses, which is impossible. Number two, similarly, books overinflate divisional odd markets, meaning combined probability as indicated by implied odds, of all teams and divisions, that will exceed over 100%. It's the same idea. The odds will equal over 100% because they don't really want to give you perfect value. And then finally, they overinflate pennant and World Series markets. Once again, it'll be over 100%. You just got to keep that in mind. Also, a thing to keep in mind for all of these future bets, and any future bet for any league going into it, is that if for the individual stats, which we don't really get into in this episode, by the way, even though I have a few, and we will put them out, at Losing Money WAB, our socials on Twitter, on Instagram, is just bet the under. Bet the under. No one wants to do it. It's not fun. It's not sexy. No one's going to look at Vlad Guerrero and go like, you know what? Yeah, under. No, you got every juiced up Canadian Blue Jays fan that's looking for a World Series that's going to go, oh, no, over, 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 over. Really, in probability, not only could they have a slightly worse season, injuries, there's lots of reasons why you think sometimes they could go under. So I would just keep that in mind as we go into this. I tried to, tried to keep my baseball heart beating just slightly a little bit lower, the BPM just slightly a little bit lower, so that we could keep a, you know, a rational thinking here, okay? Let's start with the AL East, and let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh my goodness. The Blue Jays, everyone's team. Everyone likes talking about the Blue Jays all of a sudden. The Blue Jays underachieved by eight wins in 2021, which is crazy. 91 actual wins and 99 Pythagorean wins. Pythagorean is a series that breaks out luck. If luck wasn't involved, if one-run games, if you know, breaks didn't go certain ways, what would the actual wins be? They thought they had 99 wins. And all projections like them to split the difference this season. Progression from this young core, this incredibly young core of players, seems obvious, right? They barely played at home. They were playing in Dunedin, Florida, and Buffalo, New York. You know, as sports downplay home field advantage, like, this actually feels like this could be a real advantage moving back to a place that they can keep, you know, their luggage 
um, their family for 81 games a year. That feels like a real advantage. We're going to go the over 191 and a half. Tampa Bay Rays. I am much higher than the Rays in the market, okay? Which has a case for several reasons. And I expect to bet on Tampa Bay coming into this year. The team runs on evil black magic by constantly taking an island of broken toys kind of player, making them incredible, and then trading them away when they have to be paid. I don't like that. That's a shitty business model. But God, does it work? It turns out shitty business models that are not, not good to employees seems to make people a lot of money. And in this case, a lot of wins. We're going to go the over eight, nine and a half and take a shower afterwards. The New York Yankees. Okay, for Pakoda Truthers, another algorithm that you're going to hear, hear me say many more times, it's about an algorithm of wins. The Yankees look like a value side, projected to clear their win total by more than five games. I can see the argument for the Bronx Bombers. I can see the argument for the Pinstripes. But I also have them finishing third place in this division. So I don't support the value argument. We're going to go under 92 and a half. Boston Red Sox. I don't like them. They seem to be good every other year. This is the every other year. We're going to go under 85 and a half. That's just as simple as that. The Baltimore Orioles. Okay. This gets into a weird thing about baseball. And now seemingly every sport um, that tanking is now involved with, you know, basketball and hockey and, and even football now, which people thought was impossible. There is zero incentive for the Baltimore Orioles to compete in the toughest division in baseball. They have nothing to gain by being good. Still, projections think that they can be competitive. I found an over at 60 and a half. I think it was at Bet Rivers, which necessitated a play, okay? I can't believe I am betting on a team to go over wins when they aren't even trying to win. That being said, we're going to go Baltimore Orioles over 60 and a half. So out of this division, I'm going to talk about some like pennants and World Series bets at the end of each division here. At the end of each division, I'm going to talk about some division and World Series bets. And for the AL East, I can't believe I'm doing this. I like the Blue Jays to win the AL East at plus 225, and I like the Blue Jays World Series odds at plus 1,200. Ooh, boy. I know this is a popular bet. A lot of people are jumping on the Blue Jays, but there's a good reason to. They are one of the most improved teams in the offseason, and they're actually really good. They were good last year. They were one game out of the playoffs, a very young team. I love it. It's also saying something that they could lose the person that came in third in AL MVP and the Cy Young winner, and people are like, yeah, I think they're better. Oof. Blue Jays, watch out. Gonna get my heart broken and lose a lot of money. Let's move to the AL Central. The Chicago White Sox. If you support the combined fan graphs, Pakoda projections, the White Sox may have divisional value play listed at minus 180. I love them to win the division at minus 180. If you listen to this podcast a lot, you know that I'm not the person that's like, minus 180, yeah, let's, let's lay some chalk here. But this, who cares? If they're gonna win and they're so, so much better than their competition and heads up this division sucks, then why not? Minus 180, is minus 250. If you're gonna win, you're gonna win. Like, I, the example I always bring back to is the McGregor-Mayweather fight. Like, Mayweather was going to win. People are like, ah, I don't like minus 500. You know what you did? You won. Who the hell cares? This is the same thing I feel about the Chicago White Sox. I think it's moving up to minus 200. I would jump on it there before it gets too much higher. But I love the Chicago White Sox to win this division at minus 180. That being said, they broke my heart last year. They, they helped me to lose a ton of money. And I'm slightly lower on the Southsiders, you know, than the rest of the projections. But I still think they're going to win this division. I just... I have a tough time with the 93 and a half. 93 and a half feels like a lot, but the problem is somebody has to win in this division considering they play each other so much. I'm going to go with the over 93 and a half. The Minnesota Twins. The market is optimistic about the Twins' chances after adding Carlos Correa, and why shouldn't they? He's, he was the best free agent in baseball. I, weirdly enough, I do side with the market, and I'm taking the over 78 and a half. It's, it's on a team that's still looking to add pieces, but I'm happy to side with the market. I'm going to take the over 78 and a half. Um, it, you know, it's team looking to still add pieces. Clearly they're going to want to spend. And currently there's a fire sale happening, uh, in Oakland. So maybe they'll add a few more pitchers from there. So we're going to go over 78 and a half for the Minnesota twins. 
The Cleveland Guardians. Ooh, Guardians. Gonna have to used to saying that. Guardians, better than Commanders. How about that? As we're getting rid of racist team names, I like Guardians a lot more than I like Commanders. This is tough because they might be looking to sell. And so the team that is starting on the first day and the team that will finish are going to be very different teams. But the last time this organization paced for fewer than 80 wins was 2012. Every projection agrees that this win total is low. I'm going to play the 75 and a half and then maybe buy it out if Jose Ramirez is traded before opening day. But still, it's an over 75 and a half for me. The Kansas City Royals. Oh God, I have no idea what to do with this one. I'm going to pass. You can't pass. Okay. Well, if I can't pass, I'm going to go with the under 75 and a half. And that's as much thought as I will put into that. The Detroit Tigers. Okay, this is a crazy one because they were weirdly getting World Series and pennant buzz in the offseason when they were like super sleepy underdogs with huge, huge odds. I was following that and I think it'd be maybe a little bit of fun. I was going to like, you know, play my hand a little bit because of their win total skyrocketed. And now I got to go the other way. I'm going to bet the under 80 and a half. And it's honestly one of my favorite bets for 2022. Okay, so division and World Series bets for the AL Central. You know me, Chicago White Sox. I'm taking the minus 180 to win the division. Absolutely. But weirdly, there's this huge rush right now, you know, after the Detroit bets for Minnesota to win the World Series because they believe that they're going to add some pitching. At 6,500, that's great odds. And ooh, juicy. I like that. Everyone wants to buy a vacation on one day. But I just can't bank on them trading for a pitcher that we don't even know is going to happen yet. All I'm going to do is the Chicago White Sox winning the division at minus 180. The AL West. Oh, the Houston Astros. After, after betting the Houston Astros to win the West last year and coming so close on a huge World Series bet. Oh, it was so close. Thanks, Atlanta. Appreciate it, assholes. All of 2022 forecasts are low on the defending AL champions. Even if Justin Verlander comes back to total health and they, I don't know, adequately replace Carlos Correa, everyone's really excited about his replacement, the Astros still may have trouble surpassing that number. I'm going under 94.5 because that just feels like a lot to me. The Los Angeles Angels. The Angels were the most significant fade of 2021. I loved betting under anything Angels. And it worked out. But I don't like them this year from that total wins perspective. Still, they have like a volatile, high upside roster, right? Talent all over the place. Their divisional odds could be anywhere from plus 200 to plus 550. Shop around, people. For, for futures, please shop around. I'm going to take a very, 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 very soft over 84 and a half for them because God knows what's going to happen. Trout hasn't stayed healthy in five years. Shea Otani can't stay healthy. Rendon can't stay healthy. Noah Syndergaard they just signed. He's a walking cast. I don't know, but if they all stay healthy, oh my God, this might be one of the best teams in baseball. But that's a big but. So I'm going to go over uh, 84 and a half. I don't know. Don't feel good about it. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners may be the most significant on-paper fade of 2022. The betting market has likely over-adjusted. You will see a lot of World Series and pennant buzz for the Mariners. And I just honestly do not get it. They had an incredibly high win rate with just one-run games last year. That's luck. One-run games over and over and over again has shown to be it averages out eventually. That eventually might be this year. They improved, but the buzz is too high. We are going to go under 85 and a half. The Texas Rangers improved their talent level, maybe, maybe more than any other team in the offseason. And that's saying a lot because there was no talent to start with. So improvement is easy when this number is going from zero to one or zero to two. Don't push your luck, though. I found it over 72 and a half. And that number is the number I'm going to go with. Over 72 and a half is our pick. And I would pass, honestly, unless you get a really low number like that. The Oakland Athletics. Oh, God. The Oakland Athletics maybe declined more than any other team in the offseason. They are literally giving away parts. If you drive by, you might be able to pick up a very nice reliever on your way home. They may continue to fall if they trade starting pitchers like Manea and Montez. This market is typically low for Oakland because everyone is always very negative on Oakland. But do you really want to fade Billy Bean at this low a number? 71 and a half? Ah, 
I'm going to go with the respect. I'm going to go over 71 and a half. But honestly, don't expect much out of this. They're going to trade everyone that has any value. The division in World Series bets coming out of the AL West, you heard me say it. The Los Angeles Angels to win the AL West at plus 400 and the Angels to win the World Series at plus 4,000. Those are huge odds and big swings. Who knows how many wins they're going to get? I, that, that honestly doesn't even matter. Those divisional and World Series bets are help, helping protect us because they have such, such skill on that team. And if they all put it together, oh my God, they could be incredible. That's the AL. That's the AL. Let's move to the NL with bet number two. National League team win totals. Oh, there it again. Rhyme, rhyming right off the tongue there. Beautiful. <laughs> National League team win totals. Okay, here we go. The National League East. Let's start with the Atlanta Braves. The projection market has been low on defending champions for a few seasons, consistently recommending the underwagers because of like a hangover, you know, whatever. They won, they know they don't need to press it so hard. Now things have swung too far the other direction. Atlanta might be undervalued to repeat. That said, there's another team in the East that I prefer, even though I'm still going over 89 for the Atlanta Braves. The New York Mets? No, it's not the Mets. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm slightly low on this team this year and not as low as the market consensus. Unless you genuinely believe in that number, there's an easy pass here. But since I'm not allowed to pass, I, I've heard that already, I have to, I'm going to go under 90 and a half. The Philadelphia Phillies. Okay, so like the Angels, I'm not as interested in the Phillies from a win total perspective, even though I will just for you because I promised you I will. They have a star-laden, volatile, high upside roster. Where did you hear that before? And I don't project any value in the number. Alternatively, the projection market likes the chances to contend in the division or even make a run at the World Series Given their specific offseason choices, I tend to agree. The Phillies are my favorite long shot on the board, and we'll get to that in a second. But in the meantime, I'll take the over 84 and a half. Miami Marlins. Okay, I am high on the Marlins moving forward with a plethora of young, controllable starting pitchers at their disposal. It's the opposite of Oakland Athletics in a lot of ways. They started spending money on the offseason. That's an encouraging sign. I'm going to take over 76 and just kind of let it pass a little bit. The Washington Nationals. I don't like you. You suck. Under 71 and a half. Those, wait, the, the cherry blossom jerseys, though, those are nice. Those are nice. The division of World Series bets coming out of this. Well, you heard me kind of reference this earlier. I like the Phillies to win the NL East at plus 500, and I like the Phillies at a World Series odds at plus 4,000, the same odds you're getting for the Angels. To protect ourselves, though, I also like a little small bet on the Braves at the, uh, for the East at plus 145 and the Braves for the World Series at plus 1,300. Just to cover ourselves a little bit from these long shots. Not everything could be a long shot, okay? I tell myself while looking into a mirror, crying. Let's move to the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers were my biggest wager last year in 2021, and guess what? I'm going back in, baby. I don't see nearly as much value in Milwaukee's win total as their division line, but I'll add a little World Series future too, maybe a you know, market projection, see the line closer, 1,300 to 1,500. I was able to grab a 2,000 number before it disappeared, but we'll talk about that at the end. If the Brewers could beat up on a weak division and grab that second seed and a buy in the National League, they'll certainly pay off those odds. Let's go over 88.5. The St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, the Cardinals needed a miraculous 22-7 and in September and all of the luck to make the playoffs uh, and burn our win total for under last season. Thanks, assholes. We really appreciate it. The Cardinals are... Most people's number one defensive team by a wide margin. But I don't, I just, I think they got lucky last year and they had a worse offseason. So I'm going to go under 85 and a half. The Cincinnati Reds, under 75 and a half. It may be wise to get ahead of this team because it looks like it's going to sell as well. Still, the market projection likes the over. I just, ultimately, I don't have to pick every team I pass on. So I'm going to keep an eye on this and go under 75 and a half. The Chicago Cubs. If I had to pick one team and defy all projections this year and break 500, the Cubs are that team. They're doing some exciting things, which may not translate well to predictive data, but I'm going to go with over 74 and a half. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, Pittsburgh Pirates. How much fun. Yet another team not trying to win. 
It's a fun league you got here. I hope your lockout, you know, helped you fix all these problems. It didn't? Oh, good. All right, awesome. Under 64 and a half for the Pirates. The Division of World Series bets, I just brought it up a little earlier. I like the Brewers to win the NL Central at minus 125, and I like the Brewers to win the World Series at plus 1,600. The NL West, the Dodgers. You know, I prefer to bet the win total over 96.5, which I saw like a lot of actionable value, but that is a viable play. The World Series odds are plus 550, which seem reasonable, especially considering that extra wildcard spot and the three-game wildcard round. More optimistic projections would place their odds nearer to plus 400. But heads up, I'm not particularly eager to take World Series tickets below plus 1,000 at this time. I don't know if you noticed. So I'm not touching the World Series Dodgers pick, but I am going over 96.5. The Padres. I don't see any value in their win total market right now because the goal for them right now is to stay around 500 for the six to eight weeks until Tatis is back in the lineup. I'm going to go with over 87.5 because I think they can do it. I think they can stay around 500. There's a lot of talent on this team. The San Francisco Giants, they played a whole year, and yet I'm still here going, are they for real? Is that a real thing? They played so well last year, and like, what? Nope, I don't think they're real. Under 85 and a half. The Arizona Diamondbacks, did you know that Arizona was the worst team last year? If so, would it surprise you that they're one of the best bets for an over this year in 2022, and one of my favorite win total bets? Yes, we can. We're going with over 63 and a half. And then, wow, the Colorado Rockies. I don't like the Rockies. I'm very low on the Rockies. So under 70 and a half for them. World Series and division bets? Nope, nothing here. Moving on to bet number three. Awards bets. It's time for awards bets, which is, of course, not the line on Chris Rock and Will Smith. Uh, We'll get to our Oscars projections and how well we did. Um, Didn't have that. Didn't have that coming. No. The NL Rookie of the Year. O'Neal Cruz for Pittsburgh at plus 300. He's going to get a lot of chance to play here. Cruz is ready to make an impact in a power-starved Pirates lineup. He's six foot seven and he's an infielder. Oh my God. He only saw a pair of games last season, but yet it was seemingly enough to for everyone's ears perk up and their mouth salivate. It turns out if you have an effortless golf hack swing that morphs into like just a series of no doubt home runs, that's a good thing. You wouldn't know that by looking at Pittsburgh's lineup, but we're going to go with O'Neal Cruz at plus 300 for the NL Rookie of the Year. For the AL Rookie of the Year, we're going with Bobby Witt Jr., plus 300. Now, Bobby Witt Jr., if that name alone doesn't scream future Hall of Famer, um, I don't know what does. The Royals' prize gem out of the 2019 class only became the third player ever over the last 30 years to produce 30 home runs, 30 doubles, and 30 stolen bases in 2021 in just his second full minor league com- campaign. People have been talking about Witt forever. At plus 300, let's go with Rookie of the Year. For the AL Cy Young, we're going to take Kevin Gossman for Toronto at plus 1,800. Gosman brought his talents north through the border during the offseason, parlaying a dominant season in San Francisco into a free agent deal with the Blue Jays. Gosman was arguably the most reliably consistent pitcher in the majors a few years ago, striking out a ton of players, limiting walks, and pitching nearly 200 innings in an era where we rarely see guys hit that mark anymore. Plus, we get a little bit of Pete Walker magic, who, you know, worked on Robbie Ray last year and got him a Cy Young. I really like this pick. 1,800 feels like really good odds. And for the NL, we're going to take Walker Bueller for the Dodgers at plus 1,000. The best pitcher on the best team in the league? That feels like a safe bet. Bueller finished fourth in Cy Young voting a year ago and headlines a Dodgers rotation that would be pitching with leads more often than not in 2022. This feels like a good bet. The NL MVP, this is a little bit of a swerve. Trey Turner at plus 1,500 for the Dodgers. So kind of a little bit like Bueller here. You know, Turner's the consensus number one pick in fantasy baseball this year. And I know fantasy doesn't always mean something, but he's counting stats and he's likely to put up you know, what will do wonders for his chances while playing on the most talented team in baseball. Turner has never really finished higher than fifth in MVP voting, but his combination of speed and average and a little bit of power to propel himself 
I could really see this happening. Plus 1,500 feels good. And then the AL MVP, you might sense a trend here. I'm going with good teams. The Dodgers and the Blue Jays. Bo Bichette at plus 2,000. Yes, you thought I was going to say Vlad. No, I don't like the odds. I think they're too high. Vlad's going to have a great season. I have no doubt. But Bo Bichette at plus 2,000? Like, what's a guy got to do to get some MVP buzz around here? Last year, he clocked 12th in AL MVP voting, despite ranking first in hits, second in runs, second in average, and eighth in war. He finished third on his own goddamn team behind Vlad and Marcus Simeon. The swing, the swag, the lettuce, all MVP caliber. Feels like a good under-the-radar pick. Bo Bichette, plus 2,000. Recap and record check. Okay, I know we're going long, so we'll, we'll hurry it up here with the record check. Last, <laughs> last episode had the Oscars picks. Now, when we made the Oscars picks, I was thinking, what a, it's fun that we can still bet on the Oscars because no one's going to watch the Oscars. Except one of the biggest pop culture moments, and I don't know, a top 10 Twitter moment ever happened where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Unfortunately, we didn't have that bet. That would have been good. We would have made a lot of money. But what we did make money on was best picture for Coda plus 135. That was got to be one of the biggest bets and biggest wins I've had in a long, long time. That was awesome. Was it actually the best picture of the year? No, but this doesn't matter in this case. We lost on Best Documentary and Best Actress. Uh, plus, The Jackal came on and tried to give a really long shot at Kristen Stewart and Spencer. Unfortunately, no. Jessica Chastain won for another not great performance. I'm sensing a trend here. But we gave out three picks for uh, the NCAA tournament, and we won two of them with Providence's plus seven and a half and Duke plus one and a half, but we lost on Gonzaga because Gonzaga will always take money out of my pocket. So that's a three and three week and only a slight plus three, five units up. Over on social at Losing Money WAB, where we give out free daily picks. Free daily picks. We went 25 and 22, but it actually equaled plus four units because we had big wins at the UFC fight night with two underdog picks, Chris Gutierrez and Kai Kara France, both winning at plus 120 and plus 300. Ooh, I also had a slight parlay on both of them. So yes, it was a very good week. We continue to lose money on golf though. That is what dragged us down there. Just can't seem to get it going. So, all right, what's next week's topic? The Masters. Oh boy. Oh, God, we're going to lose some money on the Masters next week. We hope you see you then. But until then, have fun losing money this week. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember, you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!